What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends, over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about the fact that the Cowboys offseason kicked off this weekend. I mean, it's it's been ongoing for a while now, but the, the OTAs part of it, uh, etc., is already underway. Not, not OTAs exactly. Those kick off on May the 22nd. But this weekend... The rookie minicamp took place. Now, it's not a big deal because at the end of the day, it's just rookies who are out there on the field. But it gets you excited because you know that the team is already working towards the 2023 season. The actual players are doing it. And for the coaches, it's their first direct interaction, especially in the classroom, on the practice field, in which they can really start getting to know these guys and what it's all about and players can get familiar with the way the team does things. Uh, they get up to speed a little bit. Of course, they're not going to dive into the nitty gritty of the playbook, etc. but they're going to get an idea, right? They're going to get their feet wet and they're going to start knowing how the team operates in general. And man, Dan Queen talked to the media and I love what he has to say. Like I love when Dan Queen starts talking about defense you can just hear his excitement. You can hear his love for the players and, quite honestly, his love for the game. And I want to get into some of those quotes tonight on the show because he talked about Michael Parsons. He talked about a positionless football. I think that to set the tone, we need to start with what he had to say about dual roles and, more specifically, whether or not uh, – Football is going to towards that, towards positionless football. A lot of people have talked about that before, and hearing him talk about it uh, was exciting. So let's get into what Dan Queen had to say about dual roles and later about what he had to say about positionless football. Let's start there. Um, tried to spend as much time as I could on that to make things for us where people could play dual roles. And uh, so even on a day like today, there was certain people trying at different spots. And uh, I do like that to, to find out what they can do. So not just this month, but even during training camp, you may see some guys in some different spots just to test it out and say, okay, we see this really long and fast guy. Could he guard a tight end on third down and make him a linebacker, even though he's a D end? And could this linebacker who can play linebacker, can he rush? And so could this safety go down to play nickel? And when we can get to that spot where you're interchangeable pieces, I think that can just, it seems more complex, but really I would say the package can be easier, but we're just featuring people in different spots. Um, tried to spend as much time as I could on that to I'll make. There you go. I paused it. Uh, I love what he says right there. Like it sounds complex, but it actually makes the problem solving behind defense way easier, right? Uh, Desmond says can't hear. Did the rest of you were able to to hear it? Because maybe 
maybe it was an issue on my side. If so, uh, let me know. And uh, I can play that again for you because uh, you, you were supposed to listen to it for sure. Uh, so if anyone else had the same issue for that, that, that Desmond had, uh, maybe we can get into that. No, this shift says that he could hear it. So I don't know if loud and clear. All right, there you go. Thank you to the, to the chat. Thank you to the chat. Uh, Katharina also heard it. Mark Aaron, Toxic Tom. All right, thank you. Uh, man, I, I love it. I love it because the way that he explains it makes a lot of sense. You listen, to, you hear about maybe Jaron Kears being these hybrid linebackers slash safety or Micah playing both positions. More on that later, by the way. And some people might consider that more complicated, but I love how Queen goes about it and he explains that it actually makes it easier for the team. And when you when you go through the Cowboys defensive lineup, and we'll we'll look at that a little bit later here on the show too, you see that it's more than just Kears and Micah who are the players that we all think about when th when we think about positionless football within the Cowboys defense. And just the amount of things that the Cowboys can do with the way Dan Queen has shaped up this defense and put it together is amazing. And, you know, the draft just happened. And this is the perfect time of the year in which you realize that Queen's impact on the way that the Cowboys have played defense has been more important than just designing some pressures here and there and knowing how to marry the pass rush with what the Cowboys are doing in the back end in pass coverage or run fits and all of that. It's about learning and understanding the impact that Queen has on the team's evaluation process because he talked about, for example, he talked about Isaiah Land, you know, the undrafted free agent that could make the team as an edge rusher. Uh, and he talked about finding him when he was looking at Marquise Bell last year and having land on his radar since 2022, essentially. And he started describing, you know, how he wanted to know what else can he do beyond just rushing the passer. And you really get to know, like, how big of an impact he has on the team's evaluating process and scouting process. Mike McCarthy had already talked about it before. He said, you know, the impact that Queen has as an evaluator for us is huge. And you can see it on the Cowboys defensive picks. A lot of these, these defensive picks are, you know, obviously the scouting department has to do with it, but a lot of it is also Queen at work as a scout, essentially for the Cowboys. And you have to love that. So, let me say hi in the chat, by the way. I have not done that so far. Uh, welcome everyone into the show. Do me a favor, by the way, hit the like button. Remember that every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Uh, so let me say hi really quickly. Shout out to Holly. We've got Jenkins as well. Toxic Tom uh, saying hi in the chat as well. What's up to me, Tesh? Double R. Uh, Jenkins says, love your shirt tonight, Mo. Hey, thank you. This is one of my many Mickey Mouse t-shirts, one of my uh, favorite collections. And honestly, the one collection of clothing that I might have is just random Mickey t-shirts. <laughs> Mitesh says, Mo, did you get that shirt at Disney, kids? I got it at Disneyland, actually, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a size small. Not a kid's shirt, but it's a size small. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Shout out to everyone in the chat, man. As always, uh, happy to be with you tonight. And 
And I missed you. I missed you over the weekend. By the way, happy Mother's Day to every mother out there who happens to listen to the show. And happy Mother's Day to y'all's moms as well. I hope that you guys were able to, you know, maybe visit her or call her, spend some quality time. If not, there's still time in the day so you can do that. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who watches the show. Hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, fun fact. Fun fact, it is not Mother's Day in Mexico because that was on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> that happened on Wednesday. Just, just a fun fact for you. We, we usually talk about Mexico random facts. In, in here, it's every May the 10th, not on Sunday necessarily. It's just May the 10th, period. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, anyways, Quinn specifically dived into the Micah Parsons conversation as well. And he had to say something, you know, about the whole narrative that took over Twitter and Facebook and YouTube last week about Micah Parsons being a defensive end and what he himself, Micah, had to say about his new position. We'll get into that in a few moments here. But before we do that, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda. But before we get to that too, let me know in the chat, truth or false, Micah Parsons is a defensive end. Let me know what you think in the chat, and we'll get into what Dan Quinn had to say about that. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's talk about our friends who make this show possible, FreemanMazda.net. A family-owned business has been so for over 65 years, and you can visit their dealership at Irving, Texas, or you can browse through their website at FreemanMazda.net. They've got a wide range of new and used vehicles, and you can check out the features of every car. You can see pictures of the outside and inside of each of the vehicles. And as we do around this time here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, it is time for us to dive into the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. In this case, it is the new 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S Select All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $29,910. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got a blind spot monitor, rain-sensing wipers, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, and a fuel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are on the highway. So make sure you check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Without any further ado, here is Dan Quinn to talk about Micah, whether or not he's a defensive end. Here we go. Yeah, 100%. So he is a pass rushing linebacker. Okay, so if you ever need uh, position changes, come to me. Okay, not to any of the guys, and we can adjust that. I think what he was probably trying to say is I'm really emphasizing some pass rush uh, into my offseason. Yeah, 100%. Let's, let's listen to that again, though. Let's listen to that again. Uh, he was essentially asked if Micah is going to still be a hybrid player, and he said 100%, essentially saying he's not a defensive end. Here we go. Let's listen to it again. So he is a pass-rushing linebacker. Okay, so if you ever need uh, position changes, come to me. Okay, not to any of the guys, and we can adjust that. I think what he was probably trying to say is I'm really emphasizing some pass rush uh, into my offseason. Yeah, 100%. So he is oh. a pass. Okay, there you go. 
<laughs> I need to pause it. I forget about that. Uh, let's see what you've got to say. Is he or is he not a defensive end? Now, this is a this is a complex a complex question here. True for double R. Gregory says true and a lot more. Toxic Tom says truth. Snap counts. Don't lie. Title be damned. Hollis is true. Lance is true. Kind of, sort of. And I think this is the most accurate answer that we might get about this uh, here. Toxic Tom says CJ Goodwin is listed as a cornerback, but is he a cornerback? Now, I think for the most part, it is true. Like, I get what Dan Queen is saying, and obviously the guy knows what he's talking about. But for for how people look at defensive positions, like, he is a defensive end because that's where he lined up the most in 2022. And even if you go back to 2021, you'll find uh, similar numbers, even though maybe not as strong and as stelling as the ones that we got last season. But Micah, for the most part, and we went over the numbers earlier. Uh, well, actually, last week, we went over the numbers and we looked at how he lined up over 700 times at the defensive line and just like 100 times in the box. But we also know how versatile he is. The thing is, defensive end has become kind of a blurry term in the NFL and in football in general. We know that a 3-4 defensive end is different from a 4-3 defensive end. But what we do know is even if he is not a defensive end, even if Dan Quinn does not want to call him that, we know that he is an edge rusher. And I like that term because, as I said, maybe in a 3-4 system, a defensive tackle is a nose tackle. But a 3-4 defensive end might be considered something like a defensive tackle in another scheme, right? So I like how we've come to a point in which defenses are so hybrid and they are so multiple that we can divide them as edge rushers and interior defensive linemen and off-ball linebackers. We can confidently say that even though Micah can play off-ball linebacker, mostly and overwhelmingly, he lines up in the majority of the, of the snaps as an edge rusher. And he, that is what he does. He rushes the passer. He's adding weight, not a lot of weight. We talked about this too. He's adding about 10 pounds according to what he's tweeted out. And that will help him be a little bit stronger in the trenches. That might help him with his versatility when he rushes inside specifically, for example. And as he had set himself on Twitter and on that interview, it's going to keep him healthier. He had to deal with a lot of nagging injuries last season, and adding that weight will help him maybe take on that punishment a little bit better when he's in the trenches. But Micah does one thing, and that is rushing the passer. Now, can he do different stuff? Of course that he can, and specifically in high leverage situations. And if you want to keep the, the offense guessing, you can play around with Micah even more so when you create these kind of like five-man fronts that demand man blocking from the offensive line, or maybe they want to get into a situation in which, oh, we're going to slide towards Micah, but we're not going to rush Micah. Uh, the Cowboys are not going to rush Micah. And then you've got the offensive line essentially wasting a half offensive line slide, for example. Like they're sending protection one way, even though Micah is not rushing. That kind of stuff can be of huge impact to your team. But the unique threat that he can drop back into coverage makes him special, even if it's just 
for a limited amount of snaps. But if we're talking broadly, the guy is the closest to a defense event at the end of the day. But edge rusher, I think edge rusher is what we can describe him as. And that would make us be the most accurate possible, uh, as accurate as possible. If we call him just an edge rusher and maybe forget a little bit about the defensive end tag. Now, just last week, uh, we were talking about him being a defensive end, and I believe him to be that. But maybe if we do attach him that label of DE, maybe we'll lose sight of the fact of how versatile and how hybrid Dan Quinn's defense can really be. Toxic Tom says, Micah can play running back too. Saw him play running back when he was in high school. <laughs> that, that dude can do everything, I guess. Uh, D Shift says, Vaughn holding it down for the short guys. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you're taller than Deuce and didn't make it to the league, you, my friend, are big for nothing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Katharina says, I believe he said he was coming for Tua when we played the Dolphins. Yeah, he did. Actually, there's an article about this over at ADC Sports. So essentially how that went was uh, Micah was working out with Andrew Whitworth this weekend. And, you know, he posted clips on social media, or at least somebody did. Whitworth talked about it on Rich Eisen's show. Pretty cool because Micah seeked Whitworth out to work in his skills this offseason. And he seeked out a future Hall of Famer, one of the best offensive linemen in recent memory. And just to try to get an idea and more than more than an idea, trying to get feedback for a player of Whitworth's caliber. And then Cheetah, Tyreek Hill tweeted something about it. And Michael Parsons, of course, did his thing as he usually does on social media. He, he has some fun. Let's let's be honest here. Uh, Micah has some fun on Twitter. And some people say that he's going to get into trouble someday <laughs> just because of those tweets. But I don't know. I think it's just fun, man, to watch him uh, working that type, uh, type of stuff. So here's the thing. I, I don't have the graphic for you on the screen. But Micah tweeted out, big shout out to the big guy, Andrew Whitworth, for taking out the time in his week to help me grow as a player. We'll only grow from those who have accomplished what we seek. Hashtag legend. First and foremost, I'm just going to say it. I love how Micah really kind of like strives for grace. And I know that, you know, every player will say that type of stuff. But the fact that he's seeking out Whitworth to work with him and learn from him really speaks volumes about Parsons. Because he knows that maybe he's retired. He knows that maybe he's not in shape to play an NFL game, but the knowledge, the knowledge is there. And if he can get to work with, with Worth and he can get to learn about quarterback drops, offensive line, dealing with pass protection and, and how they deal with pass protection, and that's how Whitworth describe it, then you know that's just Micah getting better. And he's learning from the enemy point of view too, right? And I think that's very wise. That's very wise from Micah. But anyways... Tyreek Hill tweeted out, so now you're a motivational speaker? I'm confused. And this is where Micah went off. And he said, yeah, keep up with them Twitter fingers. Only person will pay his tour. I'll see you on Christmas Eve. That sounds threatening. That really does sound threatening. But then Micah followed it up with, 
<laughs> All right. Micah followed up with, there's only going to be one Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I found that hilarious, man. I found the 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 going from, oh, two is going to pay. There's only going to be one Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> I just, reading it out loud was funny as heck, man. Uh, Catherine says, that was hilarious. Yeah, like I, that was a weird way to end that tweet. I love, I love Micah, but that was definitely a choice. <laughs> uh, How's Nelson <laughs> says, Mo, is it true that you learned English just to bless us with a Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel? Man, I'll, I'll let that myth grow. I'll let that myth grow, so I won't deny it right now. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Jenkins says, Mo, what's your thoughts on Scott? Everyone on the fan is talking good about him, and he ran back 40 because of a lagging injury. Uh, hey, forget about a lagging injury. Like, he literally got hurt running the 40-yard dash. I think the Cowboys love him, man. Like, if I had to... I put together my way-too-early roster projection the week after the NFL draft. So it was pretty quickly. I'm pretty confident that when I, that when I put together my second roster projection, I'm going to include Eric Scott Jr. in it one way or another because the Cowboys clearly liked him. We know that they traded up for him in the sixth round, but he also got a pretty hefty signing bonus. He got $218,000. Uh, of, of signing bonus, of, of guaranteed money. I think that's a high number. And when you compare it to the rest of the six rounders, it was the highest. And I mean, it makes sense because he was the first guy off the board in the sixth round. But I think the Cowboys really liked him. And I think that it wouldn't be unlike them to keep him on and focus on developing those tools that he has, which are you know, incredibly long arms. We've talked about this before. He had the third highest, the third longest wingspan across the entire cornerback class this year. And the two guys that were above him were Julius Brents. And who was the other one? Was it Devon Witherspoon or was it, or was it, uh, it was Julius Brents who went in the, in the first top 100 picks. I'm trying to make sure who the other cornerback was with longer with a longer wingspan. I want to say it was Devin Witherspoon, but I'm not entirely sure if that is right. It might have been one of the other cornerbacks that went in the first round or earlier, or, or like a second round maybe too. If somebody remembers that date, that uh, excuse me, that bit of trivia, let me know. Eric Scott isn't a rapper already an upgrade for the DV2. This is Troxic Tom. Talking about Kelvin Joseph in there. Toxic Tom wants Joseph out of the team. So, yeah, uh, I think that Scott Jr. has a very legit shot at making the team. I personally have not seen him. Like, I have not watched his, his tape or anything like that. But just based on the signing bonus, based on the fact that the Cowboys traded up for him and what has been heard about him, uh, they clearly like him. They clearly like him. <laughs> Caustic says, Colin says, who is this Toxic Tom you speak of? <laughs> yeah, because Toxic Tom changed his 
YouTube name. I'm just used to, I'm just used to going with toxic now. <laughs> Double R says now if a guy gets hurt, just running what happens when the pads go on. Oh, if a guy gets hurt, just running. What happens when the pads go on? Hey, man, those are actually common injuries. Like, I mean, I know that I know that uh, maybe not super common to get injured in the actual 40-yard dash. Like, that is very unfortunate. But he wouldn't be the first or the last guy to, to get hurt while running. I think it's pretty common. I think, I think we're lacking the details. Now, he finished the 40-yard dash even though he, he apparently suffered that, that injury. Maybe like a hamstring, like he pulled, he pulled it, I think. That's how Will McClay sort of like described it post-draft. So there you go. Before we get out of here, though, I want to say this. Uh, Dan Quinn also talked a little bit more about that aspect of positionless football, etc. And I want to listen to what he had to say about Overshone and kind of go through a quick list of players who kind of fit what he has to say about positionless football. So let's hear what, what he had to say about Overshone. Here we go. I think in some spaces it will be. I don't think we're going to see any corners playing nose tackle. <laughs> I don't think, you know, there's some things that won't. But I think for the amount of space plays that we have, a receiver that can be a runner, a runner that can be a receiver, a tight end that can be a receiver, a DN that can play backer, a safety that can play nickel, those perimeter type of people I think is changing that way. And certainly we're seeing that in college. I don't know how many um, defensive ends were drafted compared to linebackers. Will would know that. But... I think a lot of players are coming in. They, this guy's fast. He's athletic. Get him on the field. And sometimes you're seeing a guy who might have traditionally been a linebacker in the past, but he's using his speed and his athleticism to go play. So I want to just try to incorporate that as often as we can. Does Overshawn fit into that mix he does. and all of those? Yep, roles? he definitely does. And uh, so going through the process, we even tagged people we thought would have you know dual roles. It doesn't mean all of them will, but I do want to start that development and. Sometimes it may be a whole year away to say, what would that look like behind the scenes, training in something, training in something, and then going. I think in some... I like that. I like a lot of... I, I think there's a lot to unpack there. First and foremost, just like Queen's mindset, when he talks about positionless defenders, notice how he brings up positionless offensive players first. And that's where the whole thing started, man. Like, tight end that could catch, right? And running backs that were very involved in the passing game as well. So this has been years and years and years in the making. And I think that right now, positionless football is already here. Because the Cowboys might be, you know, near the... They're, they're one of the teams that, in my opinion, they're spearheading this positionless trend of football that we're seeing across the NFL right now, I think they're one of the leaders in that aspect. They're like getting it on the field and not just in theory in the chalkboard. But maybe this has been like the difference maker for the Cowboys. And that's what has made them one of the best defenses in back-to-back -back years. And now they're seeking it for a third year too. That's not easy to do. I think that that's Dan Quinn figuring out the aspect of dual roles, etc. He talked about overshone. We talk a lot about Micah. We talk a lot about uh, Kears maybe playing on a nickel role sometimes, maybe near the line of scrimmage as a linebacker and making plays out of the backside when the running game is going away from him. 
but also getting involved in all sorts of things. But there's also more players that we cannot overlook. He talked about Overshone. He talked about him communicating uh, during rookie minicamp and being that guy that could communicate with the defense, even though he's playing from a safety position or a linebacker position. And if you think about Jaron Kears, when hearing that, that would make a lot of sense because that's essentially what happened with Kears when he was wearing that green dot. Uh, now, he talked about De'Ron Bland playing outside cornerback at first, even though behind the scenes, he was working on being the nickelback for the team. So when he had to uh, be pushed into that role after Jordan Lewis's injury, Bland was ready to go because he had that dual role trained into him. Uh, that was a special land as well. I think that when you think about Guilherme Fehoko, Chauncey Golston and their ability to not only be that uh, defensive end, but also end up playing inside as a defensive tackles as Fehoko is expected to and Golston's transition, we've already seen that. That's also dual roles. That's also being prepared not only for, oh, one game I'm going to do this and then another game I'm going to do that, but if next year I get a chance to add players at defensive end and not defensive tackle, well, maybe I can push a guy like Golston inside and even have this roster flexibility from year to year. I love what Queen has done with the Cowboys defense. Honestly, more than anything, I just wanted to go through what he said in that press conference or that uh, media availability session that you can listen to in full on the Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel. I recommend doing so. It's like 10 minutes long and very insightful as always. Queen is always super insightful. Gotta love hearing him talk about his defense. And it brings a lot to the table. As I said, not only game to game, but year to year. We're seeing it again with some of these players. Now, one more thing that I that I would say is Izzy Mukwamu is also a guy that could be playing cornerback, could be playing safety. Maybe that also helps Eric Scott Jr. in the next level. Some people believe that he can play safety for the Cowboys as well. Marquise Bell, all of those players. All of those players um, are cool. Are, are cool to see the, the impact that they have. Jenkins Gaming says, did Anthony Brown get signed yet? And would you bring him back for depth? Uh, I don't think that he has been signed yet. I think that the Cowboys kind of want to find out what they have in the young players. I'm not sure if I would bring him in until I need him in terms of depth. And right now, I don't think the Cowboys necessarily need him, honestly. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Toxic. Would you sign him? Oh, yeah. Uh, Iceberg Slims is calling. Go look at Princeton. Fan blocks very well. Sneaky athletic. His first two seasons, he played receiver. He understands the route traces. Iceberg Slim about Prince and Fant. And we've, we've talked about Fant a lot here on the show because we, we like what we see. Uh, the thing about Fant, the thing about Fant is, can he earn that number three tight end spot? Because if Hunter Lipke doesn't, uh, if Hunter Lipke, excuse me, makes it as a fullback, then I wonder if carrying a fourth tight end would feel a, a little bit redundant. Uh, very very exciting about seeing how that aspect of the 53-man roster battle plays out. Very intrigued about it for sure. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Do me a favor and hit the like button. 
share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about Prime Time. I've got some plans for this week. I'm excited about getting to it. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more in depth about Massey Smith. Maybe we'll talk uh, more in depth about, you know, the Cowboys schedule and some matchups that we might be seeing in the 2023 season. As Toxic Tommy saying, hey man, it's time for the eighth episode of Succession right now. So let's get to it. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. Uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone watching on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. And as always, Prime Time is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. See you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Muchas gracias y nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.